TIN Podcasts. The contents and views expressed by individuals in this podcast are not necessarily those of the companies for which they work. Due to the coronavirus lockdown, the CIM podcast is currently being recorded via web conferencing. We apologise for any issues with the audio. Hi everyone, you know, Christmas must be coming, the goose must be getting fat because we have with us today our two resident Christmas experts, Gemma Butler and James Farmer from CIMHQ at Moorhall. James, Gemma, how are you? Very good, thank you. Good, thank you. My favourite time of year again. Of course, of course. I think it's a bit of a weird one this year, isn't it? It's been a weird year, a bad year in many ways, and it's going to be a weird Christmas in the world of marketing, I expect. Do you think, Gemma? I think it's definitely um, a mixed bag this year. There's some um, obviously some little green shoots towards the end of this year that we're starting to see. But yeah, absolutely. It's, it's definitely a Christmas that I guess no one's really experienced before with so much uncertainty that's carried us through 2020 and I think you know there's been a real notable change of tone which is to be expected and I think one of the questions I had earlier when I was talking to James was around you know what is the role of marketing this Christmas? Yeah what is the role I mean the, 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 the my hot take on some of the ads I've seen is there is a very different approach this year James you know it seems to me that uh, instead of uh, forcing product down people's throats we've got a, a rather different take where we're playing towards people's emotions absolutely i think so yeah it's, it seems very much particularly in the adverts christmas adverts that, we, that we're seeing that product is actually playing very much a second fiddle to matching the sentiments of the nation and, and engaging emotionally you know the importance of brands mirroring or, or matching the sentiment and the emotions that their audiences have. Some adverts don't even have products in. The the Sainsbury's advert, the first of the three parts of that they've uh, released gravy song, um, it's, it's not even Sainsbury's gravy. <laughs> you know, it's the sort of made gravy, but actually that's not the point. You know, the point is that they're, they're dialing up the reminiscent element that happens at Christmas time. So they're sort of uh, plugging into those those strong emotions that are associated with this time of year. That struck me as one that was really successful in doing that. It seemed to be pitch perfect, but not all of them were, were they, Gemma? You've you not been happy with some of the campaigns and how they've played out. Uh, well, you know, I wouldn't say I'm not happy with them. I, I like everybody in the world, if you know, we all have a view. And um, Christmas ads do certainly open up views and opinions from everybody and anybody. But yeah, I, I thought, you know, I think there's been a whole range of Christmas ads. I think there's one thing I certainly believe throughout this pandemic is, you know, the supermarket retailers of brands have stuck out from day one, you know, when we all went into lockdown. And I think their their marketing and their messaging and their customer experience and their propositions and how they've collaborated has been, you know, absolutely standout. And, and they've gone for a, a full range of different Christmas ads this year from John Lewis going with the charity partners um, to, as we said, Sainsbury's not actually, you know, promoting their own product or having a product in there, essentially. And then Tesco's have gone with the, uh, with there's no naughty list this year, which, you know, I think from my personal view, I thought it was a little bit tone deaf in some places you know they they kind of mocked things or not mock things I don't really know how you how you describe it but you know they had people saying well I bought too much yeah Yeah, they poked fun at I bought too much toilet roll Uh, I may have booked a holiday I didn't donate to Captain Tom and I think I think you know for some people 
as with everything, that would be kind of amusing. But I just think my personal opinion is it might be a little bit too early. It's a hard line to tread, isn't it, James? Because we, we've commented in the past on pandemic advertising being plonky-plonky music and, you know, way too sombre and over-sincere. And then you get the Tesco ad, which, I mean, I agree with you, Gemma, it's, it's, it's almost too flippant. It, you know, it, 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 some people will think like that and other people will think, well, you know, I, I did do my bit and I, I, I was quite proud of doing my bit. And other people will just think, you know what, why are we uh, taking the piss out of this when it's been a pretty awful year for some people? And for some people, it's been an extraordinarily horrible year. You're a former agency man, James. You know, people had to start formulating ideas, presumably in the spring, about how they were going to run campaigns can you imagine what the uh, workshops looked like or felt like when people were trying to work out where to pitch these things it must have been both a terrifying but also exciting time um for for marketers um both client and and agency so i think, I think what what's probably certain is that they probably had a number of routes up their sleeves and um, they would have done a hell of a lot of research both in the lead up to committing anything creatively to paper so to speak um, and then once they had, they would have researched the hell out of that as well. Uh, Tesco, uh, the, one, one of the marketing leads at Tesco talked about surveying 2,000 UK customers to, to sort of understand what their mood was. Um, and 74% and said they want light-hearted content in this year's Christmas ad. So I think, you know, spreading your bets, uh, having a few roots up your sleeves, and, and actually um, there's a few supermarkets have, have, have admitted to um, by going with a um, illustrative creative vehicle it gives you the flexibility to make amends quite late in the day um, so I think generally it would have been a, a, a nervous position that both agencies and clients found themselves in but ultimately one which got them closer than ever to the sentiment of their audiences and I think well may that last it shouldn't just be for Christmas that it's amazing, it, is, it is amazing, this theme that's happened, because you can imagine in March or April where the, the people putting their hand up in the workshops in agencies are saying, you know what, well, I don't think we should push product too much this year. That's a very challenging position. You know, what, what's advertising there to do? Fundamentally, it's there to sell things. And yet, and yet, they've all, not exclusively, but nearly all have ended up going down that path. You know, the, 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 the John Lewis product pushes very minor and the stuff they're pushing the products they feature in there are fairly cheap uh, uh, uh products you know they're, they're they're low value or low price items uh, the sainsbury's one as you say really interesting point is that the, the thing they're pushing in the sainsbury ad that the only product they're pushing in the sainsbury's gravy ad is the father's own gravy which is by its very nature not a product it's not something that sainsbury's sell or you can buy on the shelves and the tesco thing whether we like it or not and Gemma and i aren't keen uh, some people may be keen, isn't really about pushing uh, products uh, at all. You can imagine that the psychological process in the spring when people were trying to push this idea of, you know, let's just take a step back and not, and not really go sell, sell, sell would have been quite difficult. But Gemma, that's where they've all ended up, isn't it? And that's probably something quite positive, isn't it? I think it is. I think if you, you know, if you listen back to our podcast last year about, you know, when we were discussing Christmas, we we all, all three of us spoke about, you know, this dislike for pile them high and sell them cheap and how, you know, Christmas is ultimately focused on sell, 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 you know, price, volume, waste, 
you know, we spoke about the sustainability aspect of it, which was, which is, you know, is coming back stronger and stronger at the moment than, you know, we've seen for quite some time. And I think it's, you know, it's taken sadly a pandemic to kind of force this new direction, this new way of thinking. But I think it's a positive thing. And I think it's, you know, something that we've been talking about for a long time, because we talk about, you know, what's the purpose of advertising in marketing? It's to sell. But we also forget the role of marketing when it comes to social marketing and changing customers' behaviours. So forget about cause marketing, where marketing has a huge role, you know, in driving good causes. And I think these Christmas ads coming out, they touch upon some of this stuff. You know, they're not about selling, selling, selling. They're about behaviours. They're about sentiment. They're about emotion. They're about giving back. To society and you know I, I think that really does show the absolute breadth and the fact that marketing plays a really critical role in communicating this out. It does and obviously it's fantastic for brand building James if you, you know, moved all of those good things that Gemma's just cited um, do you think on the bottom line the financial bottom line it is better to push and sell or do you think indirectly obliquely this sort of brand building actually leads to more sales and what i mean by that is it does the soft sell increase volumes better than the hard sell well you need to do both that's the sort of that's that's what they they call the long and the short of it so it's that short-term sales activation versus long-term brand advocacy you need to do both. You obviously get the financial return immediately from the short-term activity, which is clearly what normally happens at Christmas, is it's the golden quarter, as they call it. Um, and it is about that uh, gaining that share of wallet. But I think what, what clearly what research has shown the big retailers this year is that actually that isn't the right way to go. And that shoving product down people's throats and having quite a sort of salesy approach uh, would would be tone deaf or wouldn't be right for the current climate. So I think they've all gone more brand marketing, build up the emotive connections rather than product marketing and, and you know, having just a conveyor belt of, of Christmas products. They've come down quite rightly on the side of, of, of brand and emotion and, you know, kindness, which is holding up a mirror again to, the, to those sort of sentiments and acts of kindness that we've seen throughout lockdown where, where, where there's that sort of philanthropic uh, emotion. It does raise a question though, doesn't it, Gemma, whether endures, you know, there are two vaccines available already. By the time this podcast goes out, if we cross our fingers, we might have a third one, which is British made. The two that, have, uh, that are ready are very, very effective. We could all be uh, jabbed and immune by late spring. If we look at the world through an optimistic crystal ball, things could be returning back to normal by the late spring or the summer. Next Christmas, are they going to be, um, you know, brand building and, and, and speaking to things like causes and emotion and kindness? Or are they going to be reverting to type and uh, putting as many products as possible in front of people's eyes? I mean, I, I think I, I, I genuinely hope that there isn't a return to normal because, you know, I, I thought it wasn't great before, to be honest. But um, I'd like to think that this year has given brands you know, an opportunity to hopefully take what they've done over the course of 2020 and, and apply those learnings moving forward. And, you know, we talk about the waste and that's produced at Christmas and we talk about, you know, how it's a time for getting together. And I read that two thirds of spend will go on groceries um, for the Christmas period. 
and online sales in the four weeks up to October was up 76% year on year. So I think people are still going to be buying things, but it's it's how they're buying things that is going to be different this year. You know, let's face it, Amazon's not going to be a loser this Christmas, is it? No, it's not. Um, it, it does work to some degree in terms of just getting your brand out of positioning it, James, but it, whether or not it does enough for bricks and mortar retailers when the mail order firms like Amazon have a natural competitive advantage in this climate, I think is still an open question, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, time, time will tell, but um, I think it's interesting that John Lewis have set out a new five-year purpose-led strategy um, and, and this Christmas campaign is, is the start of that. But they've outlined a new commitment to being a much stronger force for good. So, you know, there are, there are some positive signs that um, businesses are appreciating that they need to change their business model to, to compete in this new environment that we're finding ourselves in. Is there anything you thought failed? You know, anything you've seen this Christmas that you thought actually that they got that wrong? I don't think necessarily wrong, but I think in, in, inevitably with, with these things, the majority of people end up in the same space. And I think that because, because the inherent creative process of creating a Christmas campaign is just multiplied across the different uh, brands and even sectors. So it's really around you know, research, creative development, creative testing, etc., in the same way that the word unprecedented um, was just rolled out incessantly. And I, I thought the sentiment of love was just a, a, a sickeningly reoccurring theme across all of the campaigns this year. I counted five across some of the main ones. If not in the actual title of the adverts, then it will be on, on screen titles or it will be a strong emotion played out by the actors or the theme tunes that are that play over the uh, um, over the advert. Sean Lewis obviously being being a main one. Give a little love. Matalan had real love by Jess Glynn. Um, Boots had what the world needs now is love by Diane Warwick. Um, and Primark went with you can't lock down love. And equally, Disney are releasing a, 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 a song called Love Is a Compass. So everyone's ended up in the same love circle bubble. bubble. Love, Love bubble. bubble. Love, Love bubble. bubble. Gemma, our listeners can't see this because it's an audio only, but you've been making sort of faces at some of this. It, it is a bit saccharine, isn't it? It's just a bit sick-inducing when it goes over the top. I think that's possibly, arguably, a big flaw in all of these campaigns, isn't it? But then we, we also saw this at the start of the pandemic. I don't know if you've seen the YouTube video that went around where, you know, it was almost like key, you know, uh, piano music, yeah. And brands from every walk of life were like, we care about you. We miss you. We've done, you know, we're here to help you. And then there was a big crescendo in the music. And, yeah. and you know, and that went out to show that, you know, that immediate reaction to the, to the pandemic was, you know, as brands, we're here for you, we're going to support for you, we care for you. And, you know, and there was a huge amount of cynicism in me behind all of that because, you know, you may have not interacted with that brand for years. So I, kind of, I think it kind of shone a spotlight on, the genuine nature of brands and business. I think this Christmas, um, I think, you know, yes, they've, they've gone well over the top with the love thing, but, you know, I think, that, I think they're all just trying to put some emotion into Christmas when, you know, for some, you know, for some people it's 
going to be exceptionally tough for a whole variety of reasons. You know, people are being affected emotionally by the economy, by employment, by illness. You know, that it, it is a Christmas like no other, yeah. which is really cliche, but it but it is. And I think because there are fluctuations of emotions across the nation, you know, some people will be faring far better than others. I think what we're seeing is the major players spreading their bets and playing it safe to some degree. Um, you know, it's interesting to see that Sainsbury's uh, ad campaign is, is made up of a three-part series. M&S have got a nine-ad series, albeit... Nine. Nine. Nine, yeah. But not not uh, not nine separate creative executions. They're just nine different celebrities who are doing the voiceovers for the food. So the first one that launched was Olivia Coleman, um, yeah. and then Essa donating 100 grand split across her three chosen charities. Um, and to some degree, even John Lewis and Partners having those nine different illustrative vignettes. You know, there's an element of we don't want to put all our eggs in one basket here because not everyone is in that basket. And so we're going to spread our bets by having different executions, which will hopefully cover ourselves and make our brand appeal to um, the majority. Do you think that's likely to work, Gemma? Or did you just give people more things to be offended by? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we're ever going to stop people being offended no. you know you they, I don't think you can put a foot right with social media sat behind you no. um so I think we just have to live in a, and accept that we live in a world where everyone's going to have an, a view and a voice and view particularly and an on Christmas ads particularly on Christmas ads it's almost yeah. like they line them up yeah. ready to yeah. shoot them I'm down. an expert I'm going to comment on your work you know I've been reading about the things behind what some of these brands are doing and you know there's a huge focus on customer experience because that is absolutely critical at the moment when behaviors are changing and how people have to do things in everyday life is changing you know click and collect is being expanded by brands that you know perhaps hadn't really invested heavily in it before and that's you know how do we get our products to our customers um, there's, you know, there's been an expansion in loyalty schemes. I, I read that Lidl are launching a new loyalty app, so this is the first time they, I believe, they ventured into mm. that that area, something they hadn't done before. Um, you know, there's 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 subscription boxes, which I believe are going to be probably quite popular this year. Um, and I think, you know, this whole thing around marketing feeding into that whole proposition development and that whole customer experience is, you know it all sits behind those ads and how are we going to take what we have out to the market and build that that brand loyalty and, and all of that so i think you know we need to look just we can't just look at the ads because they they literally are you must put a load of targets up on the wall and as they play you just throw stuff at the ones you don't like you know yeah quite superficial <laughs> but i think um cantor Cantor's most recent 2021 trends and predictions uh, report that's come out they talk about the importance of brand purpose being um, more so now than ever. And WPP's Brand Z study finds that acting responsibly is the single largest influence on a brand's reputation, coming in at 49%. And I think that is playing out in a lot of what we're seeing at Christmas time here with these charity donations. Other than blowing seven million on a on a on a glitzy high-end post-production-led campaign why don't you just give all that to, to charity and actually it's something that john lewis admitted to doing that, that, that their advert nearly didn't happen this year by, by their own admission 
One, because of the, of the potential better use of that money of giving it all to charity, but two, because of the 1,500 job cuts that they've recently just announced and are, and are unfortunately um, implementing. Um, so, you know, they, they, but they, they then realised that actually using that soapbox of a, of, of a big budget TV ad was as good as anything that the charities could hope for, driving awareness, um, both for the charities, but also obviously for job news as well. And, you know, when we talk about the charities, you know, absolutely the brands, it's the right thing to do to start partnering. Charities, you know, their services are being used more than ever before, yeah. yet donations have dried up. So, you know, I think this is a great example of, of brands working together to, you know, to give back. And when I read that there's approximately 724 million less spend on Christmas ads this year, I thought, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, what what is happening is that more money is going into social and online and search. Um, again, that was something that played out in, in recent um, uh, media predictions. Um, I think tied up with this is the environmental elements that, that sit alongside it. So Morrison's, Waitrose, John Lewis, they're all ditching glitter, finally. Um, bane of my life, having a four-year-old daughter. Um, <laughs> like like Madame Gazelle in Peppa Pig, um, for anyone that appreciates that um, reference, she kept glitter locked in a safe in the classroom um, so that the, the kids couldn't access it. I wish that was the same in my house, but it, glitter contributes more than 12.2 uh, million tonnes of plastic per ocean each year. So I think that's another message that these big brands are, are pushing out there is that their commitment to, um, to the environment and, uh, and the positive impact that has on their brand perceptions. Do you think, given what we've seen this Christmas, there's a tentative size of moving from a product push age to a purpose push age? Potentially, but I mean, I think Christmas is always a time when brands dial up more of the purpose element. Um, you know, it, it, it's a highly emotive time of year. Uh, the balance between brand and, and you know, therefore purpose um, versus product is, is always slightly more in favour of the brand. Um, I think, hopefully, it, it, is, it is a turning point and that generally, to, to John Lewis's point, that where they're looking to be a stronger force for good ongoing, um, hopefully we'll see lots of other brands follow suit and it, and it isn't just about appearing to be charitable and, and doing good at, at Christmas, it's, it's throughout the year. How's the impact been on yourselves personally? Is it, have these, these campaigns done anything to make you feel more festive or look forward to Christmas more, Gemma? No. <laughs> ah, bah humbug. No, not, no, not really. You know, I, I <laughs> as you know, it's it's not my favourite time of year. Um, and I'm glad it's going to be quieter for everyone. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, just reading, there's so much overthinking. There's going to be, you know, the predictions and trends this year are Zoom work parties, smaller turkeys, a surge in online shopping, drive-in pantos and no fireworks at Christmas. Good. Good. James? <laughs> I'm the only one that likes Christmas. You must be delighted to hear that you can't have all your family around for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go that far in a public uh, public podcast, but you know well, they probably won't be listening. So I think you should be you should be frank. <laughs> well, I don't know they might they might be listening. Actually, you know what I I, I had both um, I had both sets of parents for the first time last Christmas, and whether they're listening you, you or really not, enjoyed 
It was fantastic. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's something about, yeah, I am a bit of a bar humbug. I'm a bit of a... Grinch. I am a bit yeah. of a grinch, perhaps. Um, but, you know, it's that thing, isn't it? It's human nature. When someone takes something away, then you crave it, don't you? So, mm. you know, uh, they're, 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 you, you see, uh, you know, pictures on these campaigns and some of them people getting together and you suddenly think, oh, actually, that would be quite nice. And, you know, that's something perhaps that uh, you don't appreciate at, at times. And I don't want to go all soft on you, but I think it's going to be a bit weird. Um, I think for the most part, the campaigns have, have got it right, as you say. I think there is an argument they're a, bit, a little bit saccharine and in some cases slightly flippant. But, you know, I wouldn't say I'm looking forward to it because one of the things about Christmas is getting together and that may well not happen. Yeah. I think, I mean, if I'm being serious about Christmas this year, no, I haven't bought into the ads and I haven't, you know, sat and watched them and they haven't filled me with a sense of joy and, and all of those things but I think you know hopefully this Christmas is about you know more than just presents and, and buying stuff and maybe as consumers with with these brands driving things like charitable you know partnerships and and giving money to good causes and supporting society maybe everybody will have that view that they should be doing a little bit more for the planet or doing a little bit more for charity. And I think if if those messages get through, you know, the John Lewis ad, if the objective is to raise money for these causes, then the measure of success of that ad is if they raise the money and reach the targets that they've set for themselves, isn't it? It's not how much product they've sold. So I think, you know, there's a realignment of objectives for organisations and, and, you know, performance indicators that they need to hit. And I think, I'd like to see next year after Christmas is, is wrapped up, excuse the pun, mm. that they report on the success of these courses. And, and we don't, you know, like with most things where purpose is at the heart, a lot of organisations drive out the headlines and the messages, but there's very little follow up in terms of reporting the results and whether they were successful or not. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's, that's an interesting and positive goal to end on. Um, Gemma? James, have a very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas! If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the CIM Marketing Podcast on your platform of choice. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and review. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can also join the conversation on Twitter at CIM underscore exchange, where we'll keep you updated about the latest episodes. See you next time. CIM Podcast.